Murders, mysteries, unexplained stories, and our family's crazy opinions on them all. Join us now. The Family School of Thought is in session. Okay, thanks everybody for uh, joining us once again for our weekly YouTube podcast. Um, <laughs> the Family School of Thought. And um, uh, weather was beautiful here in Michigan today. How was how was it in Portland, Oregon, Cass? Oh, thank you for asking. Um, came home from Michigan to snow, uh, which was great. Um, and I, I'm going to have to apologize now because uh, it is sleeting outside and it is very loud in my room uh, because I'm sitting right next to my window. Um, oh, and it's it, snowing? It's snowing, sleeting, raining. It's just about of everything uh, here in Portland. Uh, and it just started before we were recording. So you're probably going to be oh. hearing the sleet hitting my window all episode. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm glad it's there and not here. Yeah. And then she got <laughs> home from Michigan safe and sound. Safe and sound here in Portland. We and I'm missing you already. Here. So are you coming back? In June, yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. Jesse, how about a yeah. uh, fun fact for us? So, Mental Floss Amazing Facts Calendar. In 1997, Hogel, the puppet star for Jim Henson's Labyrinth, Labyrinth um, somehow ended up in an unclaimed baggage center at Scottsboro, Alabama. So now he serves there as the center's unofficial mascot. Huh. Interesting. I don't have a clue of what you just said. Labyrinth, the um, David Bowie movie. movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the the puppet, Hogel, Hoggle, I don't know how to, it's H-O-G-G-L-E. It's one of, like, the goblins in the film. Yeah. Okay. All right, well, that's interesting. <laughs> I know a lot about David Bowie, but I don't know about the puppet. But... Okay. It's a movie. Cool. <laughs> it's a movie. I, I vaguely remember the movie. Um, Cass. Mm-hmm. How about a song for us? Ready for some music. Yeah. Um, so this one, since it's my week, I might as well be super selfish uh, and go with this song. Yep. Great song. Oh, I'm surprised you know this. Oh, I'm actually, don't I really. Tell me it has some horrible meaning. Uh, yeah, it has a really creepy background. It's written what to have a really creepy background. Well, doesn't it say Cassie in it? Yes. And it is written. A... <laughs> so, this is Cassie by Flyleaf. Uh, they are an American Christian rock band that was popular in the early 2000s. Um, and this song was specifically written. Um, about a young girl named Cassie Bernal who died in the Columbine shooting. Oh. oh. Yes. So um, the Columbine shooting, we've talked about it a couple times, but it was in 1999. It happened when Eric Harris and Dylan uh, Klebold um, murdered 12 of their fellow students along with one of their teachers in the Columbine High School. 
Um, and Cassie was actually murdered uh, because she was shot in the head by Eric Harris. And it is alleged that right before he shot her, he asked her, do you believe in God? Um, and she said yes. And so it's, yeah. uh, it's kind of become kind of a martyr story for the Christians of, you know, they love their martyrs of like dying for God kind of thing. Um, and so um, Flyleaf wrote this song basically in honor of her uh it talks about uh her last sentence is supposed to be remembered because she's knowing what will happen and she's um going to join god basically um and so it's a song in remembrance of her which is kind of creepy if you think about it i i, I remember the story i must that must be where i know the song from too yes yeah i was surprised time. that you knew who flyleaf was it was like kind of it was early 2000s like christian yeah. rock But there you go. That's my creepy story. Oh, and it is here. my name, Almost. which is kind of creepy. I heard the, I heard That's the story not creepy. Before. Well, I, it's creepy I'm, that, like, one of the victims was named Cassie. And just right. coincidental creepy. I didn't realize right. that. Okay. All right. Well, before we get started, just wanted to kind of remind me, everybody, too, you can um, email us at the Family School of Thought at gmail.com if you have any comments questions any concerns any topics you have for us and for sure you know um we would appreciate you like share and subscribe to, to our channel mm -hmm. okay all right Cass I think you're up I am Let's... it is my week um and this week I'm going to be talking about something I'm not sure if you guys have heard about it it's very it's again another really popular one in the true crime paranormal um investigation societies and stuff like that um but this is going to be the story of the Delatov Pass incident in the former Soviet Union Anybody heard it? No. So this happened in early February of 1959 in the northern Ural Mountains in Russia. Uh, and what happened was 10 established hikers went out on an expedition in the mountains of northern Soviet Union and only one returned alive. Yes, I do know the story. <laughs> yeah. okay. So um, there was 10 members um, nine of which were all around their college age, um, just graduating college, or, you know, it's basically like 20 to 24 years of age, um, nine of them. Um, the 10th member was a 38-year-old male who was actually added pretty much shortly after they, or like shortly before they were supposed to go on this hike. Um, and so... These were all very well-established hikers. This isn't like Lisan and uh, my other story of the people who kind of just went on a hike that day. These are people who were experienced hikers. Um, they were, I think, known to be like category three um, exper like experienced, um, which is kind of the most difficult. Um, uh, or, I'm sorry, they were grade two hikers, um, and they were getting their grade three certificate with this hike. Um, so they were basically getting the most difficult grade you can get um, as a ski hiker for this trip. They were basically going on this trip to get that certification. Um, so this was actually an approved 
uh, hike. It, this was something that they basically had to turn in their route of where they were going on this hike, when they were going to be at certain places, um, to a city council, and the commission approved it before they left. Um, and so everyone knew where they were going, what they were going to do. Um, and so they left uh, on January 23rd. They left basically their like hometowns and started their journey by train to basically take them to the location that they were going to start the hike. Um, and so they... And how long was this hike? Um, so they... So it started basically the, on January 23rd is when they left. Their house, like their homes. Um, I think on the 27th is when basically their hike began. Um, and they, so I, it, basically it says, all it says was that the earliest that they were supposed to send word back to authorities was February 12th. So, I mean, you've got 15 days there. So, you know, a little over two weeks is what they were supposed to basically do this hike. Um, it was 300, 300 kilometers uh, and 190 miles is basically what their path was. Oh. Um, and so on the 27th, they begin their journey. Um, and by the January 28th, the first day of their journey, one of their members, a Yuri Yurden, uh, had to turn back. Um, Yuri was... Um, let me see. He was 21 years old, um, and he actually had to turn back because he had um, rheumatoiditis, um, and he was having a lot of joint and knee pains during the hike. Um, and he, because he turned back, is the only member of this party to survive. Wow. Yeah. So he actually had to turn back in the first day, and that's they say that's the only reason he made it out alive. Uh, because for the next couple days... Is this rugged? I mean, is it up in the mountains or? Yeah. Well, so they're basically like they're like ski hiking. You know what I mean? Like they're like it's called something. Um, Like shoes? Like snowshoes? No, it's like they're on skis. They're like skiing, but it's basically them traversing these mountains, kind of thing. Really? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so. Nobody's ever found their remains, or <laughs> did I say that? Oh, yeah. Let me tell the story first. Let's get, it, let's get to it first. I know. Okay. Let me tell the let story, me, and then I'm you really can ask me all the questions, okay? Because well, this, this does have a lot of questions, and this is an unsolved case. But let me get some of the information out, you know? Right. Yeah. I'll get a cold. I'll get a sweater. Be patient. I'm patient. Okay. No, I'm not. Okay. So, the group uh, goes on without Yuri, um, and there is actually, unfortunately, three people with the name Yuri, so you're going to have to forgive me that there's a lot of them. Um, So I'm going to constantly say Yuri, but it's somebody different (laughs) each time. Um, So Yuri Yudin, or Yuri Yudin, sorry, he is the one who turns back. He is the only survivor of this. Um, the group goes on without him. Again, like I said before, they were, they weren't even supposed to check in until the 12th. Um, so, um, they had basically 15 days of just hiking. There's tons of pictures, um, from this hike. 
Um, nothing seems out of place. They seem to be doing fine. Um, all of them or most of them had diaries that they were writing in every day and everything kind of seemed, you know, they were, their weather was a little bit worse than they were expecting. So they were having a little bit of delays because of that. But other than that, the, the trek, the hike was going well, um, all the way up until January 31st. Um, they may have made like a wrong turn and gone up the west side of the mountain um, to an area they didn't want to be in. Um, and basically they had to, uh, because of a storm that was coming in overnight, they had to make camp um, and in a, in a kind of an open area. Um, there wasn't any like, there was trees, but it was like down further down the mountain and they didn't want to go back down the mountain to get into shelter. So they basically had to stay in this big open area of the mountains. Um, and so that is the last we see of any, um, diary entries, um, photographs, anything like that is the January 31st is the last diary entry. Um, and it talks a lot about how it's too cold to be outside for even dinner. Like they basically have a stove inside their tent. Um, this 10 person, like they're all in one tent. So it's one big 10 person tent. Um, and so they have a stove in there that they're basically making dinner and eating there um, because of the weather. Um, that's the last we hear from them. Um, so like, again, I said, they weren't supposed to check in even till the 12th. Um, but when that happens, it's not uncommon for hikers to not check in on time. They, they're allowed to basically delays in a couple days. So when they don't, nobody hears back from them on the 12th. Nobody's really all that worried about it. Um, they kind of let it go, um, and it's not until just, um, the 20th of February that, um, their family members of all the hikers are basically worried and calling for a search party, because this is obviously now it's eight days past what they were even supposed to check in on, nobody's heard from them, um, nobody's seen them, they, they have vanished, basically. Um, so the families are now calling for search parties, um, I believe this, the college that the, all of this, the hikers went to um, sponsors a like volunteer search with teachers and students um, that goes up to the mountains into this route. Um, and then later on, the police and the army join with aerial searches with helicopters and planes and such like that. Um, and on the 26th of no, uh, I'm sorry, 26th of February, um, some students of the volunteer search find the missing hiker's tent. It is oh. found It is found collapsed. Um, there's snow on top of it. Uh, and the weirdest thing is that all their equipment, most of their clothes, food, everything is left inside. Their skis are all standing up outside of the tent, um, stuck in the snow, basically standing straight up. And the tent has a couple tears in it one big huge tear um and it all looks like it has been cut from the inside out so it looks like i okay i have heard this before i've heard this story before yeah so that's it, what got me yes so this is one of the the first and the biggest weird um unsolvable things about this case is that for some reason instead of going out the front of this tent they had decided to cut into the side, cut 
at, cut the inside and basically escape this tent from the side of the tent. Um, and I, I think if I might be able to show you, it's not just like, it's not like a zip up camper tent. It is a canvas, like 1959 tent, you know, it is just it, like, it, it's so odd that they would decide to, um, basically cut themselves out because it is very much just, you know, a triangular tent. Like it, there, it wouldn't have been zipped up. It probably would have been tied at the front. Um, I don't know if you can see it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I so mean, why didn't they just run out? The, why didn't they run out? That is the biggest question they have is that there's tears in the side of this tent that clearly they all escaped from. You can see it best here. Um, and like, why would you, you know, if, you know, something was happening where you're all escaping, why would you do it in this way? Um, why wouldn't you just go out the front of your tent? And well, maybe because somebody standing in the front of it. That is a, that is a theory. Uh, it is one of the theories, one of many theories. Yes. Yes. What? One of the many theories, or something. um, that has come upon this. Um, because unfortunately when, once all this happened, so this happened in 1959, Soviet Union, middle of the cold war. Um, and for whatever happened, they, they investigated this as soon as everybody was found. Um, and for some reason, the Soviet Union decided to lock it up and not tell anybody about what happened until 1990. Um, that is when all of the information came out. So this is one of the biggest things, um, a conspiracy, conspiracy theorists about this is that why would you hide whatever this information, like all the information is now out, but why would you hide this information for, you know, 30 years, 20 years? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a lot, that's a lot longer. I mean, 90? From 69 to 90. 59. Or, yes, I'm sorry, 59, so it is 30 years, I'm sorry. 59 to, um, 59 to 9, well, I don't know if it wasn't, like, 90, it was probably, like, in the 90s, um, but so 30 years, they have this information about what happened to these hikers locked up for 30 years. But, so, continuing on with the story, so the 26th, they find, uh, searchers find their tent, on the next day, on February 27th, in the morning, um, two bodies of the nine hikers are found. Um, they are found further down the mountain. So they're now found down the mountain um, in a, basically in the forested area that they believe that they had chosen not to stay in. Um, so the two people that are found are Yuri uh, Krovan, uh shoot. Uh, Yuri Krovashinkyo, uh, yes, I, I, I probably will butcher all of these names, but Yuri Krovashinkyo, uh, he was a 23-year-old male, um, and as well as the other, so both, so there's three Yuris, one of them dropped out, and the other two Yuris were both found, um, in this, basically in the forest, like right at the edge of the forested area. Um, it was Yuri Krovizinskio, um, as well as Yuri Doroshinkio, who was 21. So they were found at the edge of the forest. 
um, there was basically a little campsite set up um, where there was a signs of a small fire. Um, and both of these men were found with signs of injuries on their hands as well as their shins and legs that consisted um, with basically scratches from branches. And there was this big tree that had branches broken off 16 feet up into the air. So basically six, they, they believed these two men had at some point tried to climb this tree. It got 16 feet up in the air. So they were either trying to survey the area. Some believe because of how the branches were snapped off and the, the scratches and contusions on the men's hands were very deep. Um, and it, so they believe that they had basically tried to scramble up. So they were basically trying to get away from something in this tree. Um, so these men were found with nothing other than their underwear and like one or two pairs of socks. So one of them was only wearing one sock. The other one was wearing like both socks, but they had, um, signs of burns. So like it had caught fire, like the sock that he had worn was, had caught fire at some point. Um, but that's it. So they are, and this is negative 30, oh, yes, middle. middle of yes. winter in the Russian mountains. It is negative 30 degrees outside and they're found only in their underwear and a pair of socks. Which is and a burn. Uh, well, they, so the, pretty much all the hikers that are found have some sort of burned clothing or burns on them. So they believe they probably tried to stay warm. Um, the two, the two Yuri's that were found first, um, were found near a small fire, so they probably maybe had tried to stay warm and got too close to the fire and had burned their clothing that they had worn. Um, both men, uh, like I said, had basically minor injuries, just the cuts from basically trying to climb the tree, um... Dovashinko, Dovashinko, um, basically his entire lower side, like lower face was covered in blood, um, and his skin was like a purplish brown, uh, and Kovashinko's, the tip of his nose was missing, as well as oh. a chunk of his hand, uh, I believed, I think it was his knuckle, the right knuckle, the chunk of his hand was found in his mouth, so they believed that he had bitten off a part of his hand either he was so cold that his jaw locked up kind of thing or maybe he was trying to keep quiet and uh bit into his hand kind of thing to muffle sound of some sort those are the theories of that um both men died of hypothermia so they died from cold exposure um the next three bodies were found um, so two of them were found the same day on February 27th. So four bodies were found all on the 27th. Um, and the, the next three, so those two Yuri's were found in the, the, basically at the edge of the forest. The next three bodies were basically found, um, on the way back to the, t the tent. So they, they were positioned in a way that they believe that they had tried to go back to the tent. So they were closer to the tent. But it wasn't like they, it wasn't like they were found trying to get to the forest. They were found trying to go back to the tent. Um, and so the next three bodies um, were that of the leader of the group, Igor Dolotov. He was 23. 
Um, he was found with some clothing on, but not very much. And one of the shirts he was wearing, um, Yuri, who had left the party, uh, told investigators that the shirt, one of the shirts he was wearing was not his. Um, so it is believed that he may have taken clothing off of one of the other members. Um, so, and then he also, some of, like, some of the people say that his jacket was, like, undone. And if you're in freezing cold temperatures, you probably wouldn't have, like, they, they think he wouldn't have his clothing undone. He would pr basically try to have everything as closed off as possible. Um, he was also found in, like, a kind of a crouched, um, like, fetal position. Like, his arms were tucked into his chest. Like, he was trying to stay, stay warm. Um, he had some minor abrasions to his hands and his face. But other than that, he um, died. His, his um, cause of death was hypothermia as well. Um, one of the next bodies to be found uh, was that of the one of the two females. So there was nine hikers. Um, seven of them were male. Two of them were um, female. Um, so the next one that was found was Zineda Kolmogorov. Kolmogorov. Uh, she was 22. Um, she also had discoloration of her skin around her face and hands. It is said that it was very purplish and reddish, um, almost uh, not copperish, but it was definitely discolored in a way that wasn't a bruise, um, almost like rustic colored. Um, she had cuts and bruises on her face and hands, um, as well as she had a long and thin bruise basically on the entire side of her right torso. Um, it was a bruise that uh, in a lot of the reports say uh, may have come from like a baton. Basically, that's like it was it wasn't like a big bruise. It was kind of like it almost was like a hit to the side kind of thing. Um, bruise or, uh, so it was consistent of like a baton, a stick, or even like the butt of a gun. Um, and again, she as well as the others died of hypothermia. Um, she had, again, like Igor, more clothing, clothing than the other two men were found with, but not enough to survive negative 30 degree weather. Um... And so those four members of the hiking group were found on the 27th, all on the same day. Um, the next body was not found until March 5th. Um, so I think two weeks later, around there. Um, he was the best dressed of all five of the now found bodies. Um, he had the most clothing, he had sweater, he had multiple sweaters multiple socks. Um, again, like Igor, some people say that he probably had taken clothing off of somebody to basically be, be warmer, I guess. So um, do you think that he found all these dead, all the dead bodies and then put their clothes on or? I don't know. I don't know what happened. It and it, was, it would make sense. And that's what a lot of people think be, that is why maybe um 
the two Yuris who were found in their underwear and with like one to two socks on, they believe that maybe they had died first and people, basically the rest of the party had taken clothes from them. Um, But why didn't they just go back to the tent and get their clothes? That's a question. Obviously, they ran from the tent for a reason. Yes. Right. So that's and the that's thing. It. I mean, they, they left like the tent in a hurry for, they probably were very warm in the tent, were, yes. didn't have all their yes. you know, clothing on, and they ran from the tent because of some reason. Yes. And right. Then, They're up in the mountains, so an, avala- an avalanche is a pretty good guess on, you know, like, even if they were in the tent, you know, that's not going to hold up an avalanche, so they're trying to get away from that or a yeti. I will get to the theories. I will get to the theories. Let me get there. Um. So back to I think I don't know if I said who this was. Um. This is Rustem Slobodin, uh, and he was a 23 year old male. Um. He had actual hemorrhaging on both his both sides of his head his temporal muscles um so not his bones just the, like the muscles around his temporal temporal lobes was uh hemorrhaging and bruising um there was a skull fracture um that was consisted uh consistent of repeated head injury and 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 even though he had this injury um Investigators say that, like the other five or the other four members, he died of hypothermia um, on his way back to the tent. So the last three members to be found were all basically like positioned in a way that they were basically trying to crawl back to the tent. Um, And because um, the two Yuris um, had the injuries that suggested that they had tried to climb the tree, um, there are theories that basically the the three members who died on the way back to the um, the tent that the uh, the two Yuris were basically either trying to see where they had gone, see if they could go back to the tent, or basically watch them and alert them if anything were to be coming in their direction once they were on their way back to the tent, and that that's why they were left alone at the edge of the forest. So. Five of the nine members are now found. Um, and for the next couple months until May, um, no, nobody else is found. No other bodies are found. Um, and it is not until May when the snow begins to melt that search parties are able to go further into the forest where the first two were found um, that they find where the other four members have basically died. Um, so, unlike the three who were trying to return to the tent, the, uh, the last four members of the hiking party are found further into the forest, further into, um, the, this kind of dense mountainous forest. Um, so they were basically trying to escape further from whatever was happening at the tent. Um, and unlike the other five, um other five bodies, they do not just have minor injuries, they all have sustained extreme and deadly injuries. 
Mm-hmm. Um, one of the first to be found was the other female member, Ludmila Dubanina. Um, she was actually found on her knees um, facing um, this rock wall. So her face and her chest were pressed up against the wall and she was basically crouched on her knees. Um, and actually, so the rest of the four members were actually found in a man-made den. So they basically had carved out snow um, to create a shelter. Oh, like snow yes, to create a snow shelter that was near a ravine deep in the forest. Um, so she was found, Ludmila was found wearing more clothes than anybody, I believe. Um, but unfortunately she had, both of her eyes were missing. Her tongue was missing. Her nose was missing. And a piece of her left cheek was completely gone, uh, exposing the bone. Um, she later on in an autopsy, it was revealed that she, her ribs were completely crushed and broken in a way that uh, suggested extreme compression to the chest. And the cause of her death was hemorrhaging of the right atrium of her heart. So basically she, she sustained an injury that basically crushed her to death. Um, so... But she was kneeling up against a building. So they so believe... So they believe that she basically had sustained a like a crushing injury to her chest, and she was able to live for another ten to twenty minutes. Um, so it wasn't it wasn't an instant death. It was basically she was crushed, and then she probably tried to stay awake, um, sat herself up against the wall, and then you know slowly died to de- slowly died to death, but slowly died. Um, yeah, it doesn't explain where all of her facial organs basically went. Not her eyes are completely gone. It's not like it in the reports. It's not like an animal had come by and basically chewed out her eyes or her tongue. Like they are the completely gone. All the soft tissue around her eyes is gone. Her nose is gone. Her her tongue is out of like pulled out of her mouth. Can there be cause from frostbite, though? So some people say that she may have bitten off her tongue in frostbite. Um, right. right. But the problem with that is that the report on her autopsy, all it says is tongue missing. There's no explanation to where the tongue went, why the tongue is gone, what the what the mouth cavity looks like. Um, she has right. some, like, I think scrapes on her lips or something, like something has been, like maybe she had bitten her lip or something like that. But other than that, her cause of death was a crushing crushing blow to the chest, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, the next two bodies that are found are that of Alexander Kalitov, who was 24, and then the member who was added at the last minute, um, Simon Zolotov, who was 38. So again, he was added at the last minute. Basically, they had turned in their... Um, report of where they wanted to go and what they wanted to do to be checked and approved of and they approved of the trek and basically said all right you're gonna also have to take this guy with you um he was approved to go on a trek before but for some reason was not able to go and so he wanted to get his certificate and was added into their group last minute before they left 
So these two bodies were found huddled together, basically back to chest, uh, probably to stay warm. Um, so Zolotov, Zolotaryov, um, the 38-year-old man, um, his eyes were also missing. Um, he had a wound to the right side of his head that completely exposed this, his skull bone. Um, and he also had a crushing wound to the chest. It was, so, uh, Ludmila's was basically straight on, like, her entire, like, basically front chest was caved in. Um, and Zolotonov's, um, was just the right side of his chest. Um, and in the reports, they say that uh, they do not believe that this was caused by the exact same incident. Like, it, it wasn't like they were both hit at the same time. These were two separate incidences where they were basically received a crushing blow. Um, and it's, it, it is also said that it is not just, you know, it, it is basically the force of a car accident. Um, it is not just kind of a trip and fall force. Um, and neither of them had external wounds. So it was basically all internal that like there was, it wasn't like they were hit with a stick or a rock. There was no scratching. There's no scratches on their chest to indicate even really a fall. Like if you fell, you're probably going to fall on a rock and it's going to cut your skin. Right. There's no external injuries. It is basically just a crushing blow to the chest. Um, so both of them basically died from these injuries. Um, Zola, I cannot say his name right, uh, Zolotaryov, um, he also was found with a camera tied around his neck that the Yuri Yudin, who had left the trek, said he had never seen before. He had never, they had four cameras on this trek, he had never seen this camera before, and all of the pictures on the camera had been basically overexposed, the camera had the like snow around them i think they were under like 13 feet of snow when they were found um so it had been sitting in the snow and ravine of the water of the ravine and so the camera had basically taken damage and all of the camera roll pictures were overexposed and basically unintelligible of what happened that he was taking pictures of um so and then the person that he died with was Alexander Kolotov, um, and he was the only member of the four that were found in this den to have believed died of hypothermia, um, but he also had many injuries. Um, basically, the soft tissue around both of his eyebrows was completely missing and exposing his skull. Um, he had a wound behind his ear, as well as a deformed neck, so maybe a broken neck. Um, and his skin was also weirdly colored. It was a greenish gray. Um, and later on, um, when his clothes were tested, his pants were positive for radioactivity. So his pants oh, were radioactive. I was already thinking radiation. So his pants were radioactive. And I believe one of the females also had radioactive clothing. So now two of the members have radioactive clothing. Uh, and the Aliens. last... <laughs> The last person yeah. to be found uh, is a Nikolai Thibault Brigioli. 
Brigillus. Um, he's the he's a twenty third, twenty three year old male, um, and he seems to be the most prepared of all the hikers. So it is believed that he may have been outside of the tent when whatever had scared the group um, happened, and he so he was able to go inside and basically grab a bunch of stuff as the group was leaving. Um, he had multiple fractures to his skull and the temporal bone. Um, and so his death was basically a fatal skull injury. It is believed that he, whatever happened to him, um, caused a concussion, obviously, and he died within two to three hours of the trauma. So, that is all of the members, and that is how they died. Now, there are tons of theories about this, because... Like I said, after basically, I think, the same month that the last bodies were found in May, um, they basically, the Soviet Union had, did an investigation, and they said it was a avalanche, and put all of the paperwork, all of the evidence into lockdown, uh, all the way until 30 years later, into the 90s. So they, all they would tell people was it was an avalanche, um, and, and that's what basically people had to go on. Um, the families of these members, that's all they were given was a, the, that basically an avalanche happened. It scared the group. Um, and some, I think the Soviet Union even says like maybe that's why they cut their way out of the tent was that the avalanche was basically coming towards the front of their tent. And so they didn't want to take the time to basically go around, cut themselves out of the tent. Uh, and ran downhill uh and then once the avalanche was over they tried to get back up to the tent where their clothing and supplies were and they just didn't make it now obviously this theory has come under immense speculation because and scrutiny because there's no signs of avalanche in the area there's no signs of avalanche all of their skis were still outside the tent the tent, the only reason there was snow on the tent was because it had been basically cut down and snow had blown over it. Um, there was, you could still see all nine people's footprints in the snow leading to the trees. So obviously, if they were running from yeah, no, an avalanche, you wouldn't have seen their footprints in the snow. It would have been covered up. So uh, this theory became, or this explanation basically became scrutinized immediately by people that wanted to know what happened. Um, there was also a theory that there was indigenous people to the area, um, the Mansi tribe. Um, there was theories that maybe they were, had been can like the, the not cannibalized because they were all found um their bodies were all found, but basically there was theories that this Mansi tribe had basically killed these college students for being on their hunting land. Um, but obviously this theory was shot down pretty quickly because the Mansi tribe was pretty well known to be very friendly. They were constantly housing and providing for hikers in the area. Um, uh, and it was also just kind of, you know, a lot of the tribe had tried to help 
find these people. So it was kind of like they wouldn't help us if they were part of the murder kind of thing. Um, there was also theories that because there was a gulag or a prison fairly close to where they were found, um, that maybe they had been mistaken for fugitives on the run. Um, and then the government basically just didn't want to admit that they had accidentally killed, you know, hikers in the area. Um, and so we also get into... Because it, it seems very much like a government cover-up. Um, it later goes on to say that maybe some of the members had been KGB operatives who were caught basically in the midst of a mission. Um, specifically, the 38-year-old who had just been uh, you know, added to the team. He had, um, he had also been a part of or he had worked uh, at an area that, um, gosh, what's it called? I can't find it now. Um, it had had a radioactive leak, kind of like um, Chernobyl. Um, he had he had been a part of a team to help clean it up. So he was a he was no, a known government worker. Um, it could explain the radioactivity of some of the members' pants and clothing that he had basically had, he had been a KGB operative and maybe was testing out radioactive um, weaponry on these college students and basically got caught up in it and died alongside them. Um, there is also that the KG, or the Soviet Union was, may, it may have been a practice zone for them to test their weapons um, and the students got caught up in a test. Um, some people believe that there was, because it was basically this kind of open area of the mountains, that they may have been testing um, parachute bombs, um, which are basically bombs that explode not in the ground, but in the air. So they're basically raining down debris. Um, and it could have caused um, the traumatic injuries to the chest if somebody had been hit and hit with um basically the sound wave of the explosion um and this one is a pretty well-liked theory just for the fact that there were members of a different hiking group that were um hiking that mountain the same night they were staying at that mountain the same night who claimed that they heard loud noises as well as saw um, orange orbs in the sky falling to the ground. Um, and obviously this one kind of leads into UFOs. People think that because of the color and the discoloration of some of the people's skins, that these members were basically abducted by aliens and tested on. Um, there's also... because all of their body parts were missing. Yeah, How right. How many had eyes missing? Two yeah. of them, only two of them had uh, eyes missing, but a lot of them had chunks of skin missing, um, which could be, you know, uh, you know, animals or frostbite. But it is odd that some of them are missing body parts, such as eyes and tongues. Um, there are theories of obviously radioactivity that maybe the government was testing radioactive weaponry, um, and they basically were hit with some kind of radioact 
radioactive weapon and it caused them to panic um and they didn't know what that was going on so they you know left their tent and then basically um you know died of hypothermia and then the four that died in the ravine may have fallen into the ravine and that's what's caused most of their injuries is basically from a fall at a great height and then they basically tried to survive down there and then didn't last i think they they think that the four may have made it to the next day so the february 2nd instead of the first but there's really no telling what happened to them um Obviously, there are some more natural causes, like the avalanche. Um, the Russian government did a, another investigation into what happened in 2019, but quickly again ruled out any kind of violent actions or murder. They believe, they again said that it was from an avalanche. Um, they blame a slab avalanche, which is basically... It doesn't, like, the snow basically doesn't roll down the hill. It basically just is one big sheet that just kind of falls. Um, so they believe that's what happened. But again, this theory just kind of seems odd because nothing else suggests avalanche other than them saying it was an avalanche. Um, there's a theory of infrared sound. Um, basically where they were at, they believe that it had caused, the wind had caused basically vortexes, many tornadoes in the area that had caused, that were like humming at a, a high enough frequency that it basically was driving the hikers mad. And it is a common thing and it is not, it is a well-known fact that certain like uh, sounds can cause panic and uh, disorientation at high enough frequencies um it is something that movies actually use in horror films they will it's it's not something that you can hear but it's basically a high enough frequency that your heart like your your mind goes into a panic mode um so they will use it as an undertone in sounds in like soundtracks of horror films to basically make you feel panicked and disoriented so that they, sounds like a ufo thing <laughs> So they believe that basically it was more natural, like it was just basically winds causing these sounds and it basically, it made them, it made the hikers panicked and uh, unable to tell what was happening. And so they were so panicked that they fled their tent and by time they got down the mountain into this forested area where the sound was not echoing through their ears, they realized what was happening and tried to make their way back to the tent, but didn't have sufficient clothing to do it um, and died of hypothermia on their way back to the tent. Um, and a lot of the other ones are more paranormal. There's theories of a Yeti. They were attacked by a Yeti. Yeah. Um, I, this one, it seems really out there to me just for the fact that none of them have deep wounds and a lot of this, so the two people who died from a blunt force to the chest don't have wounds on their chest, nothing external. You know, if a Yeti is throwing them around, it's probably going to be hitting things and scratching things. You'd have, You'd have more, uh, you know, external injuries if it was that. Um, UFOs, obviously, aliens. Again, it could 
explain the missing organs um, and the discoloration of skin. But, eh, you know, who knows? Um, and then I think, I mean, basically the last one is that it's kind of along the lines of the KGB operative. They believe that the eldest member, Zolotarov, um, basically went mad and tried to kill the, the rest of the party, um, but he was subdued and basically died, received enough injuries to die before he could run away. I don't really know what if was I... His, what was his injuries? He was the one who had the... He had a crush injury to the right side of his chest. Um, he was also missing his eyes. Um, but he... So he was... He had um, the crush injuries to the chest, um, severe chest trauma, and missing eyes. But if he was somebody who basically attacked the other members, it doesn't make sense that he was one of the two people that was basically huddled together for warmth. Um, it wouldn't really make sense of why you would, so maybe that there's, there's theories that that the man that was found with him, Alexander may have been a KGB operative as well. And they were partners together. Um, but it kind of seems odd and you just kind of out there that one of the members tried to attack the other members because none of the members who were found first, um, had any sort of deathly injury, um, one of them had a skull fracture, but they believed it was because he fell while he was escaping. So it would be odd that members who died closer to the tent don't have any, like, uh, violent injuries, where people who lived in there moved to the, like, all the way into the forest, into the den, have the, you know, more extreme injuries. In that area of, have they have other un, weird incidents that have happened? Um, have other things happen in well, that area? Obviously, the this is, you know, the Russian mountains. A lot of people die out there when they're trying to hike. Nothing to this extreme where it is, you know, nine professional hikers who die right. very mysteriously and in such a weird because it is such a weird way because these are professional hikers they would know not to go outside without the correct gear in negative 30 weather like it is something that is the biggest mystery of this because of this you know tale because everything else can be explained as nature or falls or avalanche even but why were they outside that tent what happened that they were so panicked that they left without proper provisions. And did they, did it show any other footprints, like, at the front of the door of the the tent? No, so that is the reason, yes, so that is the reason that nobody else, right, and that's the reason that nobody else believes that there was another person that may have murdered them, or or an animal, because there was no other tracks other than these nine people's. So that's strange. Yeah. That's weird. Um, and that's so also the young man who left Yuri Yurdin, 
Um, he attended five of the nine members' funerals and said, I, I think it was all of them who he um, went to the funerals, said that their their skin was so discolored. Um, it was it had like a brownish tint to it. Um, it was very odd. Um, and some people believe that that is why there was radioactivity. Um, they had maybe stumbled upon something radioactive and uh, were trying to get away from it. Um, but th there's just nothing. The government refuses to believe that it was anything other than an avalanche, so they kind of won't investigate anything else. Um, and that's, they've made up their minds. They've made up their minds, and they've set to it kind of thing. So... Obviously, wasn't there, some, wasn't there some part of that story, though, too, that they had seen, like, orange yes. orbs or something so like that? So they did not, um, well, they may have. So there are pictures. So there's actually a whole website devoted to this case. It's called the Um, And you can see all the pictures that were taken on the cameras throughout the entire hike. You can see basically... Um, pictures of how each member was found. Um, there are extensive injuries. You can see everything. It's got basically models of the autopsies of what happened to them, what was wrong, each injury that they have. Um, and uh, so some of the pictures from that day are overexposed, but it looks like there is some court some kind of like orb that they're looking at into the night sky, but it can never be really um, determined that that's what it was. People think maybe it's just kind of, you're seeing what you want to see. Right. Um, yeah. So that one, but so the people who, there's people who saw orbs in the sky, but it was a party that was also hiking on that mountain that same day. So they are the ones who said that they heard loud booms as well as orbs falling from the sky. Orange ball, oh, orange orbs falling from the sky. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. I'm so, my answer is always aliens. <laughs> it sounds like aliens to me. I think they're taking their body parts and. Well, it definitely sounds like to me something set them off in a panic. Yes. Right. I you believe know, that. Yeah. My best guess, and the theory I stick to the most, is that it was military testing. Um, yeah. Obviously, if you've been paying attention to the news lately, parachute bombs are a real thing that Russia uses. Um, so, it, I can definitely see them in the midst of the Cold War, being out in a mountain range that they don't think anyone's at, um, testing bombs that they could use against yeah. other countries. Or this was back in '59, so testing some kind of other nuclear bomb, bomb yeah, right, that could have caused the. But I still don't understand the panic of busting out the side of the pen. Well, so that's even in your underwear. So you that's the like... thing is like if if so this is why I think it happened is because if you hear bombs going off, you're you're not gonna right. like you know let me go see what's going on. You're gonna immediately be in a panic and try to escape as best as possible and i'm sure it was just that one person decided we got to get out of here and cut up the side and they all just kind of followed you know followed after right 
Right. But that would also explain, I mean, with the bombs and stuff, it, could, it would explain what the orange um, orbs, orbs and stuff you get, too. Right, where right, they, you right. Know, they're, they're panicked. They're not sure what's going on. They're, and that could be why the pictures didn't turn out, too. They're in the, you know, in right. the hurry, midst of running and trying to take pictures and, and uh, all that kind of stuff, too. But, yeah, that, I mean... That does kind of make sense, or if um, with the radioactive clothing and all that. What was Russia even testing back then, back in 1959? Right. You know, that um, maybe they were looking at some kind of nuclear type of bomb that to use. Yeah, and they just got caught up in, in uh, all that. Yeah. Or it was aliens. Or it was aliens. Aliens picked them up. Yeah, aliens. Yeti is the biggest one I think um, that people believe in. But again, it, it that one doesn't make like, too much sense because of the injuries sustained. No, right. When there's like no other evidence of a of an animal, at least. Right. You know. So. Yeah, that's interesting. Or could it have just been they like one of them or a couple of them? lost our minds because it was so cold that or like and then the altitude that you like lose your your mind you know like there's proven facts of people going crazy because of altitude sickness right right so that's also something well, there's, that there's people... proven facts of people that are freezing to death yes right they'll take their clothes off because yes. right. part because, of that yes. dying part yeah. when you're dying of reason you like are on fire right. so they take the clothes off yes so that right. is actually yeah. one of the reasons people think that some of them didn't have clothes have on clothes. um is that they basically at in the moment of you know death or freezing they went into a psychological state where they left believe that they were overheating and took off yeah. clothes um which could right. explain um like igor having his jacket undone um even, you know, some of the people had socks missing. So maybe they took off socks instead of, you know, only left with one. Uh, it's called paradoxical undressing is what that yeah. system is or symptom is called. Which, and then there, I mean, I think there could be something too where they were just delusional where um, the two that had missing eyes or whatever... Maybe they freaked out and pulled out their own eyeballs too well, because they never found the eyeballs. No, they the never body. found any of the oh, body parts that were missing. Yeah, they never found That's any out. of the yeah. body parts that were missing. There was no blood trail that would explain maybe like an animal got into it. Um, or yeah. were there any scratches or anything on like the? On there the well, so the, every single member had scratches upon their hands and face, yeah. but it was more consistent to like an injury than it was to an animal. Yeah, that's kind of, the, yeah, the eyes is what, that's what makes me really think it's like an alien type of thing. Yes, and it or, was the entire soft tissue around the eye. So the entire eye socket is missing. But there's crazy. no, there's no sign of like, you know, clawing or digging. Right. Huh. Um, I was gonna, oh, there's well, also. It seems like in that report, seems like in that report. Where they said the eyes were missing, it, they would say like they were surgically removed. Or yes, a lot of out. so you know I mean? yes, all 
it was very both people who had missing eyes it was very vague all it said was this is missing this is missing this is missing there was no explanation to why they thought it was missing right because like your eyeballs don't just like pop out there's nerve endings they don't freeze they don't freeze and crack and break yeah um also the skin discoloring, I can see that if you freeze to death. You're and that's what I was thinking. Well, it, 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 it could explain, like, blue and gray skin coloring. But the brown is what I think people are most questionable about, is that it was a very, like, orange be, or brown skin tone. Would that, could that be, you know, like, I, to me, I'm thinking I'm very pale. You know, I'm very, very pale. So, like, for me, my skin tone, if I died of hypothermia is probably going to at death is going to be different than somebody that but it would probably be like purple or blue though it wouldn't be orange you know so right i don't yeah and that's i mean that is kind of weird but um i don't know it doesn't seem super odd to me either and then it maybe was like their whole body was bruised and you're like covered in some kind of bruising well then you know purple plus you know, whatever makes it orange. I don't know. Well, probably at the time, if there was any kind of foul play going on, the autopsies were probably not right, correct anyhow. Right. You know, they, right. the government was probably you covering know, it up. So they don't have the right, they don't have the right information right. for an autopsy. Because if they had, like, if they found radiation on two clothes items, well, it'd have been everybody. And it would have been in their system, and yeah, right, right. right. Um, something that I should point out is in the reports, neither of the two females had any sort of sexual um, injuries, or neither. It basically right. said neither of them were sexually active, so it rules out somebody who's, you know, attacking well, the members. Yes, for yeah. that. Yeah. Um. And there was also a theory that maybe drugs were involved. Like, maybe these college students were like, we're bored and stuck in a tent. Let's do some drugs kind of thing. And it just got out of hand. altering drugs. Right. Uh, Which was a big thing about 1959. Yeah. LSD. Well, and yeah. So that's something that maybe they had just taken drugs and... Because a lot of the reports say... So the tent is cut open, but none of the footprints suggest that they had been running for very long. Like, they weren't running for very long, or if at all. So they weren't running to shelter. They were just kind of going towards shelter. So there was a panic if they were escaping, yeah. but not enough for them to flee down the mountain. So that could lead to, oh, maybe they were on drugs. Yeah, so that's where the kind of... And also, they because this tent... Like, it's not, like, standing room tent. There's ten people in this tent. And they had the stove from making dinner. People believe that maybe methane, gas, um, right. somebody yeah. had left right. the stove yeah. on on an accident. And they had, methane gas had basically just driven them cra- driven them crazy. Um, and they were hallucinating. Right. Could be. I could see that, too. And that, you know, like, if it, they didn't vent it out correctly or they said, hey, let's leave it on because we're cold. Cold. And it keeps it nice and warm. Right. Yeah. Because if you're going to, that's the thing is that they believe that they were sleeping and that's why some of them don't have clothes on. So if you're sleeping with a not, you know, without any clothes on, you're getting warm or you're trying to get warm. 
they were trying to make meth or something and it blew up and <laughs> they're not trying to make meth methane gas bad. is like gasoline were they, they were in a tent or an old motorhome <laughs> they were in a tent well i was gonna say i know i know a young girl who he she got um radioactive poisoning and she was able to you know contort herself into like puddles and you know her name was alex alex mack you guys don't know her no no. That's a TV show from like Nickelodeon. <laughs> Doesn't ring a bell. Obviously, nobody watched that show. Matt would probably know who it is. Maybe. No. <laughs> well, I just know like in those old hunting tents, you go hunting mm -hmm. and you warm yeah. up. I don't care how cold it is outside, it gets really hot. Especially with ten right. people, are likely to take their clothes off. Right. You know, to... Oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It's comfortable. Yeah, because it's a nice, big, thick canvas right. tent. Right. So, yeah. So if they obviously if they left in a panic, cut the side off, and something made them panic. And like you said, yeah. they're experienced hikers, so it's not like. Someone who wouldn't know better, you know. Yeah, and it right. it, it wasn't even just that they were experienced. The the leader of this group, um, Igor Delatov, who the pass was later named after. Um, he was a sought after leader. Like he was somebody that many people tried to get on hikes with. Um, so he was well liked in his college as well as, um, in that community. You know, people wanted to. It was like it was a high honor to basically take a hike with him, a ski hike. Well, I say it's either because obviously it wasn't a, um, a avalanche. No. But yet that's what the government insisted it was. Mm -hmm. Which tells right. me the government was either involved in it or trying to cover it up. So that means it was a government um, military thing or it was extraterrestrial. Agreed. I agree. That's Agreed. kind of my yeah. philosophy. Yeah, because why, why else would you try to really cover that up? Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. And always when they try to cover it up, a story, their answer is obviously not, not it. A good enough <laughs> one, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. right. Yeah. Huh. Very interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I find yeah. this case really I interesting. Yeah, I think Matt and I watched a documentary on that a while, like a long, long time ago. But I remember the thing that I remembered most was they cut the the tent open tent from open, the inside yeah. out. Yeah. 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 I feel like I had seen something where there were it was on one of those UFO shows where there And then you guessed what it was too, yeah. Yeah, like Discovery or something like that. But I if I feel like they said there was a lot of activity in that area, UFO activity. I mean, it could be. It's literally in Siberia, you know. It, you know, right. who knows? Yeah. Crazy. Very interesting. Yes, yes, yes. Crazy. Well, Cass, that was a very interesting story. Yeah, I mean, yeah, do you have any other questions enough. that I can answer? It's just possibly. It's just strange. I don't want you going hiking anymore. I have a lot of questions. I don't know that we can solve them tonight, but. Mm -hmm. I think the eyes are kind of a weird angle on this. Yeah. And... Yeah. Um, the I just read this uh, too. I'm reading it right now. Um, that the area that they died in was closed for three years after this incident. 
So. Oh. They close off the air. Yeah, I think it's government. It's gotta be government. I think it's. I think that they didn't realize. I mean, obviously, the the like I said at the beginning of the story, these hikers got the approval to go on this path, but I bet the government didn't realize that there was people in that area at that time, and I and were doing tests and didn't realize that there was people there. When all the like search parties started, they realized that they probably had died from something, uh, died from whatever it was they were doing, and then just tried to cover it up. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. Yep. Yep. I'm gonna go right. with the government theory. So. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds more like government, but yeah. could be aliens. With the, the government was trying to. Yeah, all you need is the family Robinson, and uh, we're the detectives to solve we're it. On it. Right. We're, right. On we're on it. We're on it. <laughs> but yeah, it is a very interesting story. Um, yes. It's a good one to think about. Intriguing. Yes. Intriguing. And I also will not go hiking in negative 30 degree weather, so I don't think you have to worry about well, this happening to me. I know, but it could just be, it's just scary because you go away from and like you said, you walked away into a different area and got side bag, you got. But I figured it out within like a couple minutes and turned around like, you know. I know, but what if you wouldn't have had any. Yeah, you need to make sure. By the way, I got some masses all through the thing. Obviously, this was 1959 and they're up in the mountains, but. They didn't have any kind of radio. No, no, they were supposed to radio back. They were probably they would have been like they. I think it said telegram, so they probably would have had to have gotten to a certain like area that had a telegram and then sent a message. Okay. Right. So yeah, they had no kind of communication. And they never made it to that destination, not once. Um. No. So they made it to stops along their route up until that point. Um. And then, uh, they were supposed to how basically long return. Been on the trail? They were supposed to go for like trail? two weeks. I know, but how long were they into it? Um, they were uh, six days in. No, I'm sorry. Uh, they left. They began their hike on the 27th, and this was the first. So like only like four or five days in. Yeah. Spooky. Yeah, spooky. Yeah. Okay, guys, I think we got to wrap this up. We're probably an hour and a half into it. Yep. Yeah. That was a good. That was a good thing, Cass. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I've got a ton of these. I I've been in yeah. love with true crime since I was a kid, so I know just about every story there is on the true nice. crime spectrum. Mm-hmm. You get some doozies, that's for sure. Makes your mind rattle. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> the point yeah okay guys oh, your eyes Jessica Joe thanks again everybody for joining us and remember to um, like share and um, subscribe yes and send us emails with questions um, suggestions on what we should um, some topics that we have to right cover. love families school of thought at gmail.com yes. okay all right see you next week everybody bye, bye.